Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're in our series studying the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we are going to look at these gifts one by one. And today we're looking at the gift of faith. And the gifts are listed in order with the higher gifts first and then going down. There are three revelation gifts, three utterance gifts, and three power gifts. Let's go there to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So this is a supernatural manifestation, mostly to minister to others. And it says here that God wants to use us all in these gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. These are the two highest revelation gifts which uh, we've studied before. Then he goes into the three power gifts, and that w is what we're going to study next. And the highest of the power gifts is the gift of faith, and that's what we're going to study today. So he says, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, that's the highest of the inspiration gifts or the utterance gifts, to another discerning of spirits, that's the third revelation gift, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And these last two, uh, tongues and interpretation together, are equivalent to prophecy. And so he finishes in verse 11 by saying, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. So in other words, there's such a diversity of these supernatural operations, but like all the different colors of the rainbow are actually ma manifestations of, of white light. So all this diversity comes from the one and the same Spirit who distributes to each one individually as he wills. And that's such an important statement that the gifts are under the will or the control of the Holy Spirit. They're not under our control, they're, so they're not manifestations of our ability. And so they are supernatural. We can't make them happen. All we can do is make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit to flow through us, to use us in these gifts and he does want to use each one of us it says to bring the reality and the manifestation of God's presence into people's lives we also want to notice that from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 31 to all the way through to chapter 14 verse 1 the chapter divisions are in the wrong places is all about how we can be available to God to be used in these gifts to manifest these gifts through us he, he says it's good for us to, to pursue these gifts, to love these gifts in our own lives, but it is a yet better way is to pursue and love the giver of the gifts, the Holy Spirit himself. And so in verse 31 it says, Earnestly desire, covet, be zealous for the best gifts, and I will show you a yet more excellent way into the gifts. This yet more excellent way, of course, is love. And, and of course, that is the subject of all of chapter 13, that, the famous love chapter of the Bible. And then he concludes his teaching in chapter 14, verse 1, where he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. He now puts love first, notice, and that means our primary focus should be on loving and desiring the person of the Holy Spirit rather than loving and desiring his gifts or his manifestations in our life. You know, it's not wrong to desire the gifts, but that should be secondary to loving 
him, the person, loving him for who he is in himself and desiring his presence in our lives and hearts, loving his very essence. Then as we love him, as we desire his presence in our heart and as we surrender our heart to him, we create the perfect conditions for his gift, for him to manifest his gifts through us. So our love for him touches his heart and it releases him to manifest himself more and more in our lives. You know, Jesus revealed this principle when he said, he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So the more we love him, the more he manifests himself to us. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit in us includes the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the love, joy, peace of the Holy Spirit. And so that results in in, in peace and love for people rising up in our hearts and filling our hearts. And this divine love in us will inspire us to actually seek the gifts of the Spirit to flow through us to help people who are in need, to have a touch from God. And this, therefore, is the more excellent way into the gifts. So in our study of the nine gifts, so far in this series, we've looked at the first two, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, and those are both revelation gifts. Now we come in the list of the three power gifts, the, the working of miracles, the gift of faith, and the gifts of healings. These are all manifestations of divine power that change things in the natural realm. And so we're going to look at the highest of these gifts today, <clears throat> and that's the gift of faith. Now, to define the gift of faith and understand what it is, first we need to make it clear what it is not. Because faith is used in the Bible in, in many different ways. It's not natural faith. That's the natural faith that's based on our experience of the, the regularity of the natural world. We come to trust the fact that the sun uh, will rise and set each day. Um, you know, I put faith in this chair right now that it will hold me up. Uh, that's natural faith, or you put faith in your bank. Otherwise, you wouldn't deposit your money there because the bank has proved itself reliable over the years. You put faith in a plane when you travel, even though you don't know how the plane works, you, you trust it. We put faith in a restaurant. When we eat their food, we don't see how they prepared it, but we have faith there. This is all natural faith, where we trust in something we can see, feel, or touch. But that's different from the gift of faith. Also, the gift of faith in 1 Corinthians 12 is not the saving faith that uh, we receive through hearing the gospel, which reveals who Jesus is. He's the Son of God, and it reveals what he did for us on the cross, and that he took our sins, and that he rose again from the dead. You know, that Jesus is the Son of God who became the Son of Man to die for us and purchase our salvation and and when we hear the gospel and we believe that 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 gives us saving faith we put our trust in Christ alone for our salvation and we are saved as Romans 10 and so we're saved through faith you know Romans 10:13 it says all who call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved how how do we call on him we call on him with faith it says how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so he concludes in verse 17, So then, faith, saving faith, comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
And so this saving faith is contained in the word of God, in the gospel, and it's given to our hearts, it's imparted to our hearts by God through us hearing and receiving the gospel in our hearts as the word of God. And so this saving faith is actually God's gift to us. It is a gift, if you like, of faith, uh, and it's not something that we can produce in ourselves by our own effort, willpower. And so it is a gift, as Ephesians 2 says, by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The salvation and the faith is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But even though this faith is described as a gift, it isn't uh, that's imparted through the gospel, it's not the gift of faith that uh, we're talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. Nor is the gift of faith general Bible faith that we have in God and his promises to us. That, that comes through, again, reading, uh, meditating on the words of the scriptures. And, uh, and those enable us to trust in God in all the different areas of life and we trust his promises. And the, again, this is a supernatural faith that God gives us through his word. And uh, we put our trust in God. Again, it's not natural faith because God is invisible. He's beyond our senses. And yet through this faith, we trust in God and we connect with God. And we call, I call this general faith. General faith, general Bible faith, because the same promises of God in the Bible are given to all believers. We all have the same promises. But the gift of faith in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 is, a, we could call it the gift of special faith. Because the, it imparts to us the ability to trust God for something that is not specifically promised in the Bible. So the things in the Bible are general promises for all of us. We can tr all trust in them equally. But there are situations where you need faith that isn't covered by a specific situation that isn't covered by a, a, a general scripture. Uh, and yet the gift of faith is when God gives you that special faith for that special situation that goes beyond the promise of God's word. And so it enables us to believe God for something that is not generally available to all believers through the promises of God. And so unlike the other kinds of faith, it operates entirely as the Spirit wills. So to give a definition here, the gift of faith is a small portion of God's own faith imparted to our heart by the Holy Spirit, enabling us to believe for something specific so that we know with full assurance that God will bring something to pass, even though we do not have a scripture to base our faith on. So it's a supernatural manifestation of God's own faith dropped into our heart, enabling us to believe for something and receive something that we couldn't otherwise believe for. <coughs> It's not reproducible, in other words. In other words, just because we operated in this gift one time in a certain situation doesn't mean we can believe for the same thing again and again in similar situations. When our normal faith is not enough to accomplish what God wills in a situation, he may give us a gift of his faith, divine faith, into our heart for that situation at that time. But later, you couldn't operate in that same faith in a parallel situation. Just as a word of knowledge we saw is a portion of God's own knowledge, it's not our knowledge, it's a portion of God's knowledge, a word of God's knowledge and wisdom, you know, rather than knowledge we've acquired and we possess in ourselves. So in the same way, a gift of faith is a portion of God's own faith dropped into our heart, rather than 
our own faith that we've acquired and we possess through meditating on the Word of God. So if we compare our faith to, the, to our hand that reaches out to receive God's promises, God's grace, um, there are many things that are beyond the reach of our normal hand, but God has a bigger hand than we do and a longer arm than we do. And so the supernatural hand, uh, gift of God's faith in us enables us to reach out beyond the normal faith and, and receive a miracle that we couldn't normally receive. When we pray in tongues or prophesy, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us. And so when we allow the gift of faith to operate in us, it's like, it's like we're allowing God to believe through us, he, that, to release his faith through us. And so this gift of faith is also called the faith of God. In Mark um, eleven twenty two, Jesus said, have faith in God. But that's literally have the faith of God. Have a gift of faith. And so Jesus operated in that. The f this gift of faith is imparted by a word, just like other faith is given through the word of God. But this is not the word of scripture. This is a supernatural word from God imparted by the Holy Spirit to our hearts for that situation. And so a word of knowledge is a portion of God's own knowledge communicated through a word of revelation. So a gift of faith is a portion of God's own faith communicated through a word of power designed to accomplish something in the earth and which we then have to receive. We're going to see that the key to operating in a gift of faith is to hear and receive this word of faith in our heart imparted by the Spirit and then by the Spirit speak it forth believing that it will come to pass. In contrast to our general faith in the promises of God which are for all believers, the gift of faith is the realm of special faith because it involves special faith being imparted to a person by the Holy Spirit enabling him to trust God for a specific need, a specific situation, a specific crisis, and that goes beyond the faith that we could have from the scriptures alone. However, God may use the scripture to communicate a gift of faith to someone by quickening it to their hearts in that situation, applying it to that situation. Some people call that a rhema, a rhema from God. That isn't really biblical language because in the, uh, the use of the, the word rhema in the Bible is a spoken word. So when you take the logos of God's word and you put it on your lips and speak it, then it becomes a rhema. But anyway, it's, it's the, that idea that a gift of faith is a sp special faith for a special thing to be accomplished in the earth. And God may use a scripture and quicken it to you to give you that faith. The gift of faith is not human faith produced in us over time by hearing and doing the word. Um, so, so it becomes part of who you are. And that would then be under the control of our will. But the gift of faith is as the spirit will. So that's something different. It doesn't normally belong to us, this, this faith. But it's imparted to us supernaturally to accomplish a specific purpose. It's given to our heart in a moment rather than it being grown as fruit over a period of time. It imparts a sudden strength of heart to believe God for something. And often that this will happen in a crisis or a great need. We don't operate in the gift of faith at will, but only as the Spirit wills. All we can do is make ourselves available to God so that he can work these gifts through us as he desires. If we could 
operate in the gift of faith at any time. There would be great chaos in the world uh, as we would be using this gift to meet all our needs and, and answer all our moods. For instance, in, in chapter 13, verse 2, uh, it describes the different gifts of the Spirit and how important it is that we mo are moving in love. And he just talks about the gift of faith as able to move mountains. Mountains represent any obstacles in the way of God's will. And so he says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, that's the word of wisdom, all knowledge, that's the word of knowledge. And although I have all faith, that's the, the gift of faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. So if we could operate in the gift of will, faith at will, we could, we'd be moving mountains all the time. We'd, like, we'd be stopping the sun and the moon to suit us, like Joshua did. And so it would be great chaos. And so God has to keep the control over this gift. So the gift of faith in 1 Corinthians 12 is not the same as our general Bible faith, which we possess under the control of our will, um, and, and also, for the same reason, it can't be the fruit of faith that Galatians 5.22 and 3 talks about in the part of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, it says, gentleness, self-control. That's a different use of the word faith. Actually, the word faith here in the Greek is, is the same as the word for faithfulness. And that's how it should have been translated, because faithfulness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. The, they re, these fruits of the Spirit represent our nature. As God transforms us to be like Christ, then these characteristics come into our being more and more. And faithfulness is what it should be there. So it should be faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this is not talking about the gift of faith. Jesus said, that uh, he will bring forth his character in our life as we abide in him. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. In other words, the sap of the Holy Spirit through us produces faithfulness in our, in our lives. That's part of the fruit as we abide in Christ. But that is part of who we are. And so that's under the control of our will, how much we operate in faithfulness. But the gift of faith is under the control of the Holy Spirit. Finally, we should point out that this gift of special faith is distinguished from ministry faith. The faith to operate in our ministry that is talked about in Romans chapter 12. He says, I say, Paul says, I say through the ministry grace given to me as an apostle, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has given to each one a measure of faith. Now, unfortunately, the King James incorrectly translates this as the measure of faith. God's given everyone the measure of faith. And that causes many to teach that God has given all believers the same faith. Uh, and that's clearly wrong. Uh, our personal faith depends on how much of the Word of God we've received and, and uh, we've acted on. This scripture, we'll see from the context, is not talking about our general faith, but it's talking about our ministry faith. That is, the faith to operate in our ministry. The context makes that clear. Let's, let's, let's read that again here. I say through the grace, the ministry grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That's what it says in the Greek. 
So we are to think realistically about the ministry grace that God has given us, which operates according to a specific measure of faith that God's given us to operate in that ministry. We've all been given different measures, portions of ministry grace and a corresponding ministry faith to operate in that ministry. And the verses that follow confirm that God is talking about the faith that God's give us, given us to regularly operate in our ministry grace. He says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of each other. So whenever we're compared to members of the body, he's talking about our regular function or ministry in the body. But what we are, have been designed to do continually and regularly, not talking about special manifestations of the Holy Spirit. For example, when if, if I'm a hand, then I'm always a hand, and that's what I do what goes with being a hand. I don't need a special uh, anointing uh, above that. I am that member and I fulfill that ministry, that function. And, and so that's different from the gifts of the Spirit. He goes on, having then gifts, ministry gifts, charisma, differing according to the grace that is given us, the ministry grace given us, let us then use them. Let's operate in our ministry grace. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And again, he's talking about our faith to prophesy, to operate in that ministry. Or ministry, that's practical service, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. So again, he's saying, operate in the grace that you have according to the faith that you've been received, you've received to operate in that ministry. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So he's saying, operate in that ministry grace. God has given each member of the body a measure of faith to function in his particular ministry grace and we're not to go beyond that we're not to think of ourselves too highly and try and make ourselves a prophet if God hasn't graced us for that we'll just make a mess don't go beyond what God's called you to be notice your ministry faith and your grace is something you possess as a member of the body of Christ and so you can always operate in your ministry grace the eye is always an eye it's always there. That ability is always there. It can operate in the gift of sight. So your ministry grace is different from any special manifestation of the Holy Spirit that may flow through you as the Spirit wills. And so your measure of ministry faith, that measure of faith, is something you possess. And that's different from the gift of special faith, which only operates as the Spirit wills. Now, Next time we're going to see more examples of the gift of faith in action and it's an exciting study. 1 Corinthians 12 actually reveals the difference and the connection between the special gifts of the Spirit and the ministries of Christ. He says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, the Spirit is over the gifts. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and the Lord Christ is over the ministries. And there are diversities of operations or workings, but it is the same God the Father who works all in all. And here it's saying that the Holy Spirit's over the gifts, the Lord Jesus is over the ministries, he's the head of the body, and God the Father is, works all in all. He's the, in charge of the operations. He's in, he works all the gifts in all the ministries. So he's in overall charge of that. 
He's in charge of working all the gifts in all the ministries. So this reveals that there's a connection between the gifts that God works through you and the ministry that you possess. You see, there's a correlation between the gifts that you move most easily in and the ministry that you have. And one way into the gifts is to realize your ministry and then seek God for the special gifts that will enhance your ministry. You will often find that you'll move most easily in the gifts that best fit with and enhance your ministry. So if you're an arm, you you want the gifts that, that enhance what you do as an arm. So a prophet, for example, will often operate in the utterance gifts and the revelation gifts, whereas an evangelist will, will often offer or operate in the power gifts as signs and wonders to confirm the, the preaching of the gospel. And so that's why Corinthians 12.31, it says, earnestly desire the best gifts, the best gifts. What does that mean? Well, it's two possibilities here. It could mean that, that the best gift is whatever meets the, the need in that situation that you're facing. But also it means the best gifts for you means the gifts that fit best with your particular ministry and, and will enhance its effectiveness. And so as a teacher, often the word of knowledge is very helpful for, to give revelation uh, that goes beyond one's study to know the, 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 what, the revelation of the scripture. Well, next time we're going to pick up from here and we're going to study the gift of faith in more detail. We're going to see many examples and particularly what's the difference between the gift of faith and the working of miracles because they both produce mirac miraculous results and they operate though in two different ways so we're going to study tremendous examples and comparison between the gift of faith and the working of miracles so seek God for the gifts but most of all seek the Holy Spirit himself love the Holy Spirit himself and then you will create the way for him to manifest himself through you. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth, but we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. God wants you well. Jesus died for, your, for our healing. And so I've written two books. The first one is Getting Healed. It's How to Receive Your Healing. It's practical instruction, how you can receive your healing from God. And my second book is a follow-on from that, which is Live Long and Strong. And it talks about how we can have our youth renewed by God and, and the principles of having a long and a strong life. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865 515086